A juror in the Derek Chauvin trial turns out to have been a Black Lives Matter protester. President Biden oversees the rise of racial polarization and crime. And Ron DeSantis destroys Biden's anti-scientific vaccine approach. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Your data is your business. Protected at expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, quick reminder, there are just two certain things in life, death and taxes. Benjamin Franklin said that. But now we also have to add that there's a third certain thing, and that is if you are using Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you are paying way too much for your cell phone coverage, and switching to Pure Talk will save you money. In fact, Pure Talk saves the average family of four over eight hundred dollars a year. Here's the best part. You don't have to sacrifice coverage because it's on the exact same network as one of those providers. Switching is super simple. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. That's a great deal. Unlimited talk, text, six gigs of data. And you're saying to yourself, well, what, what if I go over? What if I use more than six gigs of data? Glad you asked. If you go over on data, they are not going to charge you for it. That's just one of the many reasons they have been named the top wireless provider by Consumer Affairs. A lot of other phone companies are going to try and confuse you with what you get. Not so with Pure Talk USA. Get started today from your cell phone. Dial pound 250. Say Ben Shapiro. You'll save 50% off your very first month. That's pound 250. Say my name, Ben Shapiro. And you save 50% on your very first month from Pure Talk USA. Save yourself a bunch of money by switching your cell phone coverage. Alrighty, so the Biden administration came into power promising moderation, a return to normalcy. And instead, they are overseeing what looks very much like the country coming apart at the seams. And the people who are paying the price for that are largely living in blue areas that are being cleaned out. I mean, there is a reason that the census data shows that people are moving from blue areas to red areas, and it's because blue areas increasingly suck. I mean, it just is the reality of life. Crime has gone up tremendously in places like LA, where I used to live, or New York, where a lot of my friends used to live, or places like Chicago, where I have friends who are now moving. You know, the fact of the matter is that as democratic policies start to have their effect, things go bad, which is why Daily Wire is now reporting that Chicago may be headed for a violent summer. Over the weekend, dozens of people were shot, seven were killed in gun violence that spanned the city, a continuation of a trend that has dogged Chicago, the nation's third largest city since last summer. Fox News reports more than 45 people were shot, including a 14-year-old boy. Seven were killed in Chicago citywide over the weekend, according to the Chicago PD. There were 36 shootings reported from 6 p.m. Friday to 11.59 p.m. Sunday. At least two others were stabbed, including one victim who succumbed to his injuries. Information released by the authorities indicates the slain victims ranged from 17 to 37. The youngest victim died while he was shot while driving on Sunday. He crashed his car after sustaining a bullet wound. The youngest victim who survived was just 14 years old. So all of this, of course, is terrible news, but it is mirrored by the fact that there's terrible news in pretty much every major American city when it comes to homicide. According to the Washington Post today, district officials in Washington launched their annual summer crime prevention initiative. It's fun that it's annual, right? I mean, it's just like July 4th or like you know, summer camp. It's a summer initiative to stop people from murdering each other in Washington, D.C. It's annual. It's an annual summer crime prevention initiative, which sounds like the state fair, against a backdrop of a soaring homicide rate and on the heels of a particularly bloody weekend in the city. Now, I, I don't know why this would happen. I mean, they painted Black Lives Matter in giant yellow letters on the street, for God's sake. They renamed a square, Black Lives Matter Square in Washington, D.C. I thought for the life of me, this would mean more black people would live. But as it turns out, when you rip on the cops and when you suggest the cops are the problem, it turns out that more black people die because more people die generally. And if disproportionately black people die in homicides, then more black people will die in homicides. Mayor Muriel Bowser, Democrat, announced the program at a news conference Monday at Rosedale Recreation Center, a 10-minute drive from where a stray bullet struck a seven-year-old through her pink T-shirt two days earlier. Now, you haven't heard of that seven-year-old, have you? You know her name. We still don't know the name of the 14-year-old kid in Chicago because they don't matter to the left. They don't matter. That's not the narrative. This is the thing. The Biden administration, the left that is predominant in America's major cities, they have a narrative. The narrative is the great threat to black Americans is the cops. And that is a lie. And it means more black people will die. Over the past weekend alone, at least 11 people were shot and another person was stabbed. Three of those victims died, bringing the number of homicides in the district to 66 this year, a 38% increase from the same time in 2020. And it should be known that every year in the United States, about 20 black people are shot unarmed by the cops. In the District of Columbia alone, 66 people have been murdered this year. Acting D.C. Police Chief Robert J. Conti said, as we prepare to kick off the Summer Crime Prevention Initiative, I do, I love it. I mean, again, that it's an annual thing is kind of hysterical. It is certainly not lost on me. The violent crime that we experienced in our city this past weekend, 
These things are the reason why we do the Summer of Crime Initiative. It's the reason why we are so committed to this, and we have been for so many years now. Well, maybe if you keep doing the same thing and it's failing, maybe you should probably change how you do that thing. A 20-year-old man from Northeast Washington, Delano Harris, was fatally shot Sunday evening in the Edgewood neighborhood. Half an hour later, police said Luis Cheeves, a 46-year-old from Southeast Washington, was fatally stabbed near Boone Elementary School in Southeast. Paul Tyrone Dorn, whose age was not immediately available, died of a gunshot wound to his chest on Sunday night. A police report says he was shot in self-defense. Seven-year-old Reagan Grimes, a second grader visiting from Maryland, is expected to recover after a bullet went through her chest outside of the Paradise at Parkside apartment complex on Saturday. Her family said they were visiting relatives and she had gone outside to play. Well, my, my favorite thing here is that, according to DC, the big issue here is that it's hot outside. You know, as it gets hotter, uh, this is one of the great kind of statistical lies that they'll tell you, well, you know, when it's hotter, people murder each other more. No, it's just that kids are out of school for the summer and young people disproportionately commit crime. So that, that is usually why you have a spike in the summer in terms of the murder rate. But the reason that you have a spike this year over other years is, of course, because when you rip the cops, when you make it impossible for them to do their jobs, then you're going to get a rise in crime. And what we have seen is that there are cultural impacts to saying that cops across the land are systemically racist. There are cultural impacts to saying to citizens across the United States that the police are the enemy. In fact, it makes a difference when you say this sort of stuff. It makes a difference in citizen behavior. It makes a difference in police behavior because people are not automatons. When you say that the cops are all racist and that and, and you're going to drag them into court, even if the body cam footage shows that they did the right thing, right, or you're going to drag them through the media the way LeBron James did to that cop in Minnesota, then this is what you end up with, right? You end up with these, sorry, that cop in Ohio. This is what you end up with. You end up with cops backing off and you end up with citizens who act like jackasses to the cops. Okay, so Cori Bush is a perfect example of that. She's a Black Lives Matter activist who ended up in Congress. She's an adjunct member of the squad. She's a representative from Missouri. And she tweeted out, our communities wouldn't have needed to spark a national movement to save black lives if America weren't racist AF. Yes, America is racist AF. The police are terrible. The police are awful. And you get Al Sharpton saying the same thing to Tim Scott. America was built on racism. Now, it's amazing to me. If America was built on racism, why in the world is Al Sharpton still on TV? This man is the greatest race grifter of the last 50 years, involved in the incitement of not one but two riots. A complete liar. I mean, a man who completely made up from whole cloth the story of Tawana Browley and then slandered a, a DA in order to get himself off the hook. Al Sharpton is a bag of human garbage. He's a terrible human being. And here is Al Sharpton lecturing about how America is racist AF while standing there in presumably a $1,000 suit. Here he is. Everybody in America is not racist. But are you talking about whether the practice of America is racist or the people? Because the practice of America was built on racism. It was against the law for us to read and write. It was against the law for us to marry it was against the law for us to name our children after us. We were brought here to serve and never get paid. That's how the country was built. Okay, my favorite part of this is that none of those things are true today and none of those things have been true for decades. Right? And if you want to talk about marriages and breaking up marriages, and he says, we were never allowed to marry. The marriage rate among black Americans in 1900 was actually higher than the marriage rate among white Americans in 1900. The marriage rate today among African Americans stands at approximately, or children born out of wedlock, the, the marriage, children born out of wedlock rate today is in excess of 70%. Okay, when, when welfare came around, it was about 20%. Is that an after effect of racism and slavery? You're gonna have to explain why if that is the case. Okay, but again, all of this has predictable effects. And the, the predictable effects of this are that people treat cops badly and that people suggest that America is a terrible place. And you are somehow virtuous if you attack America. And then the result is that people just don't do their jobs. The cops are not proactive. It leads to actual behavior. It leads to people abusing cops, for example. There's a video that was going viral I'm going to show you in just a moment of a California woman and how she interacted with the cops. This is why when people say, well, you know, the cops are all bad. and the Like, you never see these videos of the cops having to deal with obnoxious people, which is pretty much every day. There are literally tens and tens and tens of millions of police encounters with human beings in the United States every year. You don't see nearly any of them. The only ones you see are the ones the media decide to make an issue of. But how people act toward the cops does make a difference. And when you raise the temperature and when you say the cops are bad and people start acting terribly with the cops, the results sometimes go bad. We'll talk about that in just one moment. First, 
Let us talk about the fact that you don't want to go to an auto parts store. Why would you want to go to an auto parts store? You just stand in line for a long time. Finally, you get to the front. They ask you a bunch of questions you don't know the answers to. Finally, you get the answers. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we don't have that part. We're ordering it online. And you say to yourself, well, why didn't I just stay home and order it online? Yes, why didn't you? Go over to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com will always offer the lowest price possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Like say, you know, off the top of my head, you need like a Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey. You know, just off the top of my head. And it costs like 354 bucks at a big chain store. That's the kind of thing you get at Rock Auto for 217 bucks. And so you're looking at big savings right now. RockAuto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com. Shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Head on over to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right Shapiro in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Okay, so this leads to certain predictable effects. When you castigate the cops as racist, when you suggest that the cops are the big danger to Americans, there's a video that I think is kind of important because we very rarely talk about the behavior of people when they interact with police officers. You know, we, we hear very often that if you're black in America, you have to teach your kids, keep your hands at 10 and 2 on the wheel, treat the officer with respect. First of all, you should teach your kids to do that regardless of your color because the cop is armed and you presumably are not. The cop is an officer of law and you presumably are not. And you should be treating police officers with respect. That is a simple thing to do. But put that aside for a second. When you incentivize people to treat cops badly, that is not a good idea. And it does lead to worse behaviors. So for example, here's a California woman who was pulled over for, she had her cell phone up, which is a violation in California. You're not allowed to have your cell phone to your ear in California. I know because I used to live there. She was pulled over. And uh, this exchange just says pretty much everything about how it is, it is seen fit to treat police officers in America right now. Why are you harassing you're me? You're correct. I pulled you over because, because you're a murderer. Because uh, yes, I started to record because you can't you're a murderer. Be a, you can't be on your cell I, phone I while you're driving. I was on my phone. I was recording you. Can you call your supervisor, please? I, I already did. He's on his way. Good, because you're a murderer. Okay. Do you have, and you have that you picture? you scared me and made me think you were going to murder me. Okay. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Well, you're, that's not just a feeling. You're a murderer. Okay. Thank you. And I'm perfectly legal and I'm a teacher. So oh. there. Congratulations. Murderer. You're a murderer. Okay, now, quick thing here. One, typically a thing that you cannot say to murderers and get away with being lo- alive is, is you're a murderer. Right? Things that people never said to Charles Manson. Right? You, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's such an absurd say. I'm a teacher. I Get up flying. Okay, but that sort of behavior is now being incentivized. Like this lady thought for sure she was going to go viral. Right? That's why she's taping it. She thinks she's going to put that up on TikTok and she's going to go viral. Look at how I spoke back to this murdering pig officer. That sort of attitude is not going to either get you anywhere in life or going to incentivize the kind of behaviors that lead to a lowering of crime. You think police officers want to be treated this way? You think police officers want to get into situations? And and this is a pretty mild situation. The lady's not actually physically resisting arrest, for example. But to believe that that doesn't happen is to ignore the evidence on the ground. And and this has now infused so much of our conversation. right? The the anti-police, anti-American rhetoric has infused so much of our conversation, that we're supposed to ignore relevant stories in favor of irrelevant stories. We're supposed to pay attention to this lady's feeling about this cop. We're supposed to pay attention to police officers doing the right thing and shooting people who are threatening other people. But we're not supposed to pay attention to actual active, active, apparent malice. Okay, so this brings us to what in any, in any normal situation would lead the news. Right? The story would lead the news. Here is the story, and it has not appeared so far as I'm aware on any network news show. I believe it has not been covered at CNN. It's an unbelievable story. So the most glorified criminal justice trial since Rodney King was the Derek Chauvin trial. It was the number one trial covered in America. The Derek Chauvin situation spawned riots and protests. The protests involved somewhere between 15 and 26 million Americans, according to studies. And then a couple weeks ago, Derek Chauvin was convicted on all counts. And I said at the time, I think you could get to manslaughter, maybe. I think I find it very difficult to believe that a jury could get to second and third degree murder after 10 hours of consideration with no questions asked of the judge. I just thought it is very hard for me to believe that you get there without any preconceived notions. After three weeks of testimony, you come in with a conviction on all counts, second, third degree murder and manslaughter on the basis of the evidence that was provided. 
without asking any questions, right? In 10 hours, I said, I found that very difficult to believe. And people were very upset with that. How could you say that? This is how the criminal justice system works, to which I pointed out, well, if it had come out the other way in 10 hours, you would have said that it was biased that way. So obviously you just don't like the outcome. What I'm saying is if they'd considered this for a week and then they'd come back with that verdict, I still would have thought they got it wrong, but at least I would have thought they considered the evidence. You come back in 10 hours after a three-week trial on something like that, and it doesn't seem to me that the jury did a great job considering the evidence, just on the basis of the, the sort of outside, uh, on the basis of the, the outside data. Well, now we know, now we know that at least one of these jurors was apparently an activist. According to Daily Wire, one of the jurors who served on the murder trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin reportedly sported a Black Lives Matter t-shirt with a reference to the death of George Floyd, seemingly challenging what the juror told the Chauvin defense team during jury selection. According to a report from the Post-Millennial, now public juror Brandon Mitchell, 31, is seen in a Facebook post published in August 2020, right, well before the trial, August 2020, wearing a hat that says Black Lives Matter and a t-shirt that says BLM with the words, get your knee off our necks, a reference to the death of Floyd. The photo was posted by a Travis Mitchell with the caption, the next generation being socially active, representing in D.C., my son, Marzell, my nephew, Brandon Reen Mitchell, and brother, Maurice Johntinus Johnson. Here's the photo in question. It was tweeted out by Jack Posobiec. Also, this person apparently runs a podcast. Mitchell told the judge on March 15th, when he was asked if he was aware of the Chauvin case and George Floyd, he said, quote, he'd heard some basic info about trial dates, et cetera, from the news, but not the sort of information that would keep him from serving as an impartial juror. Apparently, he also ran a podcast covering George Floyd and other racial justice issues. He then went on to give an interview to the Wall Street Journal in which he described how he decided to go public to help push for change and told of his many negative experiences dealing with law enforcement when he was younger. If Mitchell was truly unfamiliar with the George Floyd case before joining the jury, he certainly made up for lost time in a hurry, says Hot Air, but that seems patently preposterous. So where exactly does that leave us now? Well, it leaves you with a pretty strong case for a mistrial. I mean, this if this guy is the juror, which apparently he is, how is that not leading the news? I mean, I, I honestly don't understand. How does that not lead the news? Let's say that Derek Chauvin had been acquitted and it turns out one of the jurors had been wearing a Blue Lives Matter t-shirt with a shirt that said Derek Chauvin is innocent. Do you think that that might be the cause of some consternation? But there... Have you seen this story covered anywhere? Anywhere? Because again, the narrative must be pursued at the cost of the facts, at the cost of individual justice, if need, if need be. Pretty astonishing stuff. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact a lot of us are going to be on the move again this summer. My advice, take your Raycons with you. Right? As we get back to regular life and as you're enjoying life, getting outside, really enjoying yourself, make sure you have a great pair of wireless earbuds. A pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears can make all the difference no matter what you're listening to. Yet crisp, powerful beats at half the price of other premium audio brands. Raycons look great. They feel even better. They come in a range of cool colors with customizable gel tips included for a comfortable in-ear fit. Raycons are built to go wherever you go with quick and seamless Bluetooth pairing and compact charging case. Listen up. Raycon right now is offering 15% off all their products for my listeners. Here's what you've got to do to go get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash Ben. There you will get 15% off your entire Raycon order. It's such a good deal. You'll want to grab a pair and a spare. That is 15% off at buyraycon.com slash Ben. Again, that's buyraycon.com slash Ben, B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash Ben. One of my favorite things about my Raycons, they fit my ear perfectly because you can actually customize them to fit your ear. They come in a variety of colors. They're really cool. They sound great. And they last a while. Check out buyraycon.com slash Ben and get 15% off your product from raycon.com, buyraycon.com slash Ben. Okay, so all of this has a predictable impact. The predictable impact is that we are only supposed to follow the narratives that the media would like us to follow. The narratives are that the cops are bad. And if you yell at the cops, this makes you good. The narrative is that cops don't deserve impartial jurors. After all, we know systemic police racism means that Derek Chauvin is a racist, even though not an iota of evidence was provided for the idea that Derek Chauvin was a racist. America is racist, which means that Tim Scott is bad. You can be as racist to Tim Scott as you want to be. And not only that, the left has a prerogative in cramming all this down on your children because critical race theory is being rammed into the public schools. This is something that's being pushed by the Biden administration and by the media, particularly. We talked about this at length yesterday. The media, of course, treat it as an act of aggression when conservatives notice what the left is doing. So the left does something truly astonishing and terrible, and the right goes, that's terrible. And the left goes, how dare you notice? You're pouncing now. 
Here's the piece from the Washington Post's education section. As schools expand racial equity work, conservatives see a new threat in critical race theory. How dare they? Laura Meckler and Hannah Natanson, right? I mean, it's just propaganda talk right here. The nation's reckoning over race. Again, always that word, reckoning over race. It's always a reckoning. Uh, how about an ongoing debate over how best to teach our children? Wouldn't that be a more objective way of determining a reckoning? Reckoning, of course, suggests that America is nationally guilty and now has to pay a price. And that price will come in the form of how we indoctrinate your kids. The nation's reckoning over race has reached thousands of U.S. schools. And so, too, has a conservative backlash. Ooh, backlash. Schools across the country, says the Washington Post, are working to address systemic racism and inject an anti-racist mindset into campus life. Oh, is that what they're doing? So you're taking for granted that systemic racism is a thing, and you're going to use the language of the left. They would never use this sort of language with regard to any right-wing movement. Imagine if it said schools across the country are working to address the killing of the unborn and to inject a pro-life mindset into campus life. Would you ever see that line in the Washington Post? Of course not. But where advocates see racial progress, opponents see an effort to shame white teachers and sometimes students for being part of an oppressive system. I mean, honest to God, I don't like, did Imbram Kendi write this article? In particular, conservatives have seized on the idea that schools are promoting critical race theory, a decades-old academic framework that examines how policies and the law perpetuate systemic racism. It holds in part that racism is woven into the fabric of the nation's history and life, a product of the system and not just individual bad actors. Well, it doesn't hold that in part. It holds that in full. I mean, critical race theory says that all of our institutions are corrupt. It's the same crap that Al Sharpton is spewing right there or that Cory Bush is spewing right there. Critics say this approach injects race into what should be, in their view, a colorblind system. Proponents counter U.S. schools have never been colorblind and insist they aren't pushing critical race theory anyway. The equity work is critical, they say, to address systemic barriers holding back students of color and to create schools that are truly inclusive. Notice all the mush words here. Systemic barriers. Okay, define them. Like testing? Because they're trying to get rid of testing in New York City because testing is too beneficial to Asian American students who are doing incredibly well on the tests. To create schools that are truly inclusive. What do you mean truly inclusive? Are any of these schools barring black students? And if they are merit-based schools, is that non-inclusive? The issues are widespread. Data consistently show that students of color are more likely to be disciplined than their white peers and receive harsher punishments for the same infractions. Well, actually, that's not what the data show. What the data tend to show is that students of color are more likely to be disciplined, but it's not clear they receive harsher punishments for the same infractions. It depends on the record of the student prior, previously and the school they go to. Black and Hispanic students are less likely to be placed in advanced or enriched classes starting in elementary school. Okay, usually that is based on the teachers making a determination and or testing. Many experts say school curricula have failed to adequately reflect the perspectives of indigenous and marginalized communities. So yes, we're going to indoctrinate your kids in a bunch of diversity courses and students and parents themselves often report that school culture does not feel welcoming. Oh, well, it doesn't feel welcoming. Okay, so there's been massive blowback against this and the left doesn't like it. That blowback has come in the form of conservatives saying you don't get to indoctrinate our kids in all of your racial and racist crap which prompted Nicole Hannah-Jones, the pseudo-journalist at the New York Times, a purveyor of prevarication and garbage, to say, how dare they try and stop people from teaching the 1619 Project to small children? This is a free speech issue. No, it's an educational issue. It is not a free speech issue. And by the way, there's a great irony to Nicole Hannah-Jones, one of the people who loves cancellation more than nearly anybody else in American life. She said the people in the media should have a reckoning over January 6th. Like people should get fired if they backed Trump. Here she is saying, oh, it's, people are being mean to me. World's tiniest violin for this liar. This is fundamentally a free speech issue. If you look at the rhetoric of uh, Senator McConnell and of state legislators all across the country that are trying to get bills passed to prohibit the teaching of the 1619 Project, it's not about the facts of history. It's about trying to prohibit the teaching of ideas that they don't like. So we, you know, I, I've been a little appalled by the silence uh, of free speech advocates as they're, these attempts to ban ideas from being taught. This is not a free speech issue. This is a K through 12 education issue, which is controlled by local school boards. The hell is she talking about? Nobody's saying that Nicole Hannah-Jones should lose her job. I mean, she sucks at her job. But I don't think she should. Uh, frankly, I think they should make her just official EIC of The New York Times so they can completely blow out their credibility. That seems like a positive move to me. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that right now you're probably not thinking too much about things you can do to better your sleep quality. Right. If you are, then you've probably already gone. Maybe you got a better pillow or maybe you got a better mattress. But one thing you didn't think about is the sheets. Okay, The sheets you sleep on. 
They have to be quality. In fact, the sheets I sleep on, Bolin brand sheets, let me just tell you, I got rid of all the other sheets in my house. They are that good. If you dream of comfortable sheets at a price that won't keep you up at night, look no further than Bowl & Branch. Bowl & Branch makes the softest organic sheets on the market. They get better with every wash. And comfort is not their only standard. They use 100% sustainable raw products. As the first fair trade certified manufacturer of linen, you can feel as good about the Bowl & Branch sheets as they feel against your skin. The signature hem sheets from Bowl & Branch are a bestseller for a reason. Buttery soft, lightweight organic cotton in a classic sateen weave for sheets that get softer over time. Not too hot, not too cool. The perfect year-round sheets for most sleepers. Bowl & Branch focuses on quality over quantity. No inflated thread count here because more isn't always better. Now, you always see that. You drive past like a gas station. You're like, one million thread count. You're like, oh, must be great. Got a lot of threads. You don't even know what that means. Okay, The reality is you need the sheets from Bowl & Branch. They are indeed fantastic. Experience the best sheets you've ever felt at bowlandbranch.com. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code Shapiro at checkout. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code Shapiro to get 15% off your first set of sheets. These are amazing sheets. You're going to love them. Okay, so again, all of this is part and parcel of the left's attempt to take over institutions. They want to take over the institutions of policing and destroy policing. They want to take over the institutions of education and destroy education. And then they want to force you into the corner with regard to COVID with a bunch of just sheer nonsense. There will be blowback to this, by the way. You can see the blowback happening. The blowback to critical race theory in the public schools is going to be severe, and it should be severe. There are people like Chris Rufo doing an excellent job of exposing the predations of critical race theory in the classroom. There will be blowback. NBC News can say the country is heavily divided on this stuff. It is not. In Texas, that school board won 70-30 against CRT because CRT is a bunch of propagandistic BS. Okay, and there's going to be blowback against COVID as well because the standards that are being pushed by the left with regard to COVID, masking, social, distance, social distancing, they do not make any sense at all. Let me give you an example of how little sense any of the stuff being pushed by the left makes on COVID. So you'll recall, because I played it a couple of times on the show, that the president of the United States, Joe Biden, that Joe Biden has said that it is a patriotic duty, man, to wear your mask. Yeah, I'm, I'm vaccinated. And even though... I'm vaccinated. I'm double vaxxed, even though I'm double vaxxed. If I sat next to you, Jim Bob, Billy Joe, pony soldier, if I sat next to you and you were vaxxed, I'd wear a mask. It's patriotic, man. Come on, man. And I'll even wear a mask outside for no reason at all. Because masks. Yeah, dude. Come on. Okay, so you remember he said all that and it was crazy and wild and made no sense and conflicted with his own CDC standards. Well, now he went to uh, Georgia and he visited with Jimmy Carter. First of all, let me just note, this picture, which was put out by the Carter Center, never use this kind of fisheye lens. Whatever you, whatever lens you were using in this picture of Carter Center, people, don't do it ever again. <laughs> this is one of the creepiest pictures I have ever seen. This looks like forced perspective from Lord of the Rings, where Elijah Wood is sitting next to Ian McKellen. And they're actually the same size, but Elijah Wood is three feet tall and Ian McKellen is seven feet tall. This picture is of Joe Biden, for those who can't see. First of all, you should go look at the picture because it's hysterically funny. It's Joe Biden kneeling next to a chair where Jimmy Carter sits. Jimmy Carter's 96 years old, so you can't blame him for sitting. And Lady Bird Carter is sitting next to Joe Biden. Joe Biden is kneeling down on the floor. And Jill and Joe look like they could play center in the NBA, both of them. Now, Jill Biden is like not all that big. Jill Biden is something like five foot five. And Joe Biden is six foot. He looks like he is Andre the Giant in this photo. And Lady Bird and Jimmy look like they're straight from the Lollipop Guild. I don't know what, what happened here with the lens, but um, it is super duper weird. It looks like we elected giant monsters to be <laughs> president and first lady of the United States. Best tweet on this that I saw was... <laughs> watch, watch Jimmy Carter recite the Malay speech while Jill Biden drinks a glass of water. Because <laughs> it looks like. It's like, it looks like Charlie McCarthy here with, with Jill Biden. It's so weird, man. This is our leadership class. Oh, this is so weird. Okay, so it's, and then they've got like an open armoire in the back or something. It's like a door behind Joe that looks like it's going to lead to Narnia. And I, like, I don't even know what, what is this? It's like this weird tiny China dolls next to, next, like, I know Jimmy Carter and Lady Bird aren't like two feet tall. What did you do, Carter Center? Why would you do this? But that's not actually the point of me bringing this up. I mean, sure, it's hilarious and strange and um, also hilarious. But the actual point here is if you you may have noticed that neither Jill nor Joe are masked here next to two people who are 
in their late 90s. I mean, these, these are I mean, Jimmy Carter's had health problems. I assume both of them are vaccinated at this point. And Jill and Joe are right next to him. But I was informed that even if both of you are vaccinated, you should mask up. Now, the part of this is that's hilarious is that as soon as they leave the house, then there's a picture of Joe and Jill putting on masks. So I don't know. Either Joe's a liar about his own masking standards or Joe and Jill were attempting some sort of assassination against these tiny treasured members of American society. I, I don't know what... <laughs> None of the standards make any sense. And the media, of course, are promulgating the confusion. They love the confusion. So you have a piece in the health section of the Washington Post titled, More Than a Year Into the Pandemic. We're still figuring out what risks we're willing to take. Oh, are we? Are we? Because I will tell you what risk I am willing to take. I've been vaccinated. I've been double vaxxed with the world-class platinum-grade Pfizer vaccine. And let me tell you, my risk tolerance, I am now immortal. Okay, like, I'm, I'm... Willing to go. I'm joking, God. Okay, but I, I'm not worried about COVID at all because you shouldn't be worried about COVID if you're double vaxxed. End of story. You should be done. You should take off your mask. You should go back to regular life because the chances of you dying of COVID after you've been vaxxed in the United States, 87 million people have been fully vaxxed in the United States. 88 people, 88 out of 87 million people have died of COVID after being double vaxxed in the United States. 88. Your chances are one in a million. And according to the Washington Post, not according to me, according to the Washington Post, there is no data to suggest that the that the vaccinated are either a chief vector of transmission or a major vector of transmission or indeed even a vector of transmission. There is no data for this at this point. And yet we are still hearing the talking up of COVID panic from places like the Washington Post. Quote, when the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention last week issued guidelines for what vaccinated people can do, the agency employed the word risk 43 times. The word often carried a modifier like increased risk, residual risk, low risk, potential risk, minimal risk, higher risk. The CDC did not define low, minimal, or higher, instead using broad brush strokes to paint a picture of post-vaccination life. Yes, of course they didn't, because that would imply that they have to present data. They don't want to present data at the CDC. They want to present whatever propaganda Joe Biden wants to present today. Because in this dystopian future where Joe Biden controls your life, he doesn't bother to present any data. The reality is the CDC is supposed to prevent you with science, and then you're supposed to make decisions. But our great ultra-crepidarian scientists have decided they are going to tell you exactly what you can and cannot do. For example, it says in the CDC standards, indoor visits or small gatherings likely represent minimal risk to fully vaccinated people. On Wednesday, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky, who ought to be fired forthwith, said she could not give a definitive answer to what a small gathering is because there are too many variables. Um, why? I have a question. Why is that? What, hmm? Um, why is that? Why are there too many variables? The answer is, there are not too many variables. You should be able to get together with a million vaccinated people. In fact, if you're vaccinated, you should really be able to get together with a million non-vaccinated people because you're not going to die of COVID by the odds. Okay, if we define a small and medium-sized gathering, says Walensky, we also have to define the size of the space that we're in, the ventilation that is occurring, the space between people. No, you don't. Once you're vaccinated, you're vaccinated. And once you're with another vaccinated person, you ain't passing this to each other by statistics, by data. The hell are you talking about? Listen, I trust the science, which is why I don't trust Rochelle Walensky, who it turns out was taking full-on cues from the American Federation of Teachers and Randy Weingarten in writing the education standards. There will, Just as there's going to be blowback on the policing front because the left has pushed way too far because they don't like the cops and they've made it very clear they think the cops are, quote-unquote, systemically racist. Joe Biden gets up in the State of the Union and he says things like, yeah, the cops, are, the cops are wonderful people, most of them, and not racist and also systemically racist. Like, okay, so you're just a damned liar. And they do the same thing with COVID. We're getting back to regular life. Also, wear a mask when you go to the toilet by yourself. So thank God there are places like Florida, where I live, where the governance is excellent. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, he, for example, came out yesterday and he slammed the Biden approach to vaccination because that approach is garbage. Here was Ron DeSantis. This is clip six. When you have people, particularly in Washington, saying, yeah, get vaccinated, but then make sure you continue to social distance and wear masks all the time. Well, the message that that sends to people is that the vaccines don't work. Because if the vaccines worked, that would be your ticket to make, basically live normally and make decisions for yourself. That would, that would be the message that actually would work with people. So I think that they've sent a message to say, you know what, get vaccinated, but it really ain't gonna do anything for you. Well, why would someone wanna put something in their arm if they don't think it's effective? And the fact of the matter is, 
that is an anti-science uh, posture to say that we need all these restrictions even with mass vaccination because the numbers of the vaccines are better than the clinical trials were in terms of the effectiveness. Correct. This is like DeSantis has been ripped up and down by your lying, lying media for full on a year here because they're afraid of him running in 2024. DeSantis is a stud. He actually studies the science. He's been looking at the, he cites the science. He knows the science a hell, a hell of a lot better than Joe Biden, who doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. I mean, Joe Biden is barely sentient at this point, and we're supposed to take his view of the science under consideration? Absolute sheer nonsense. This is why people are moving to Florida, gang. And Ron DeSantis recently said the best real estate agent for Florida is New York. Correct. He'll get to more of this in just one second. First, let me talk to you about my buddy, John Rich. So John Rich, great country singer, also just a dude who's awesome. I, John Rich is a great guy. And now, now you can become part of John Rich's awesome world with Redneck Riviera Whiskey. If you believe in standing for the national anthem, if you support the military and first responders, or you just want to celebrate a job well done, Redneck Riviera Whiskey is your whiskey. Sourced from America's heartland, blended and bottled in Kentucky, Redneck Riviera Whiskey, it's the smoothest whiskey on the market. From the glass to the cork to the whiskey inside, it's 100% made in America. The Redneck Riviera brand is also 100% owned by my friend John Rich. This isn't just another celebrity-endorsed brand, right? He's the actual guy who owns the place. A portion of all profits proudly benefit the Folds of Honor. To date, Redneck Riviera Whiskey has funded over 110 college grants for kids who have lost a mom or dad while serving our country. So you can feel good while you're taking a sip of Redneck Riviera Whiskey. It can be found in 48 states, over 11,000 retail stores like Walmart, Winn-Dixie, Publix, Safeway, Albertsons, Specs, and others. I love John Rich's values. I love the values of Redneck Riviera Whiskey. Go check them out right now. For more information or find a store near you, visit RedneckRiviera.com. That's RedneckRiviera.com. Drink American. Redneck Riviera Whiskey is a distilled spirit with 40% ABV. Redneck Spirits Groups is responsible for this ad and is located at 10917 Old Harrods Woods Circle, Louisville, Kentucky, 40223. All righty, before we go any further, let me remind you, the Daily Wire has been just growing like crazy. We didn't just move the entire company like to Nashville and then I moved to Florida and struck up a movie deal with Gina Carano. We released our first feature film. We launched a new talk show hosted by Candace Owens. We launched my new show debunked all within the last six months. We have all sorts of amazing stuff coming down the pike for you. And we just want to express our gratitude to you, our audience, for making this possible because we couldn't grow this way without you. We want to include you in our future plans. Every day on the show, you hear me talking about a lot of our sponsors. But first, Birch Gold. I love our sponsors. We want to get to know you better so we can actually tailor our sponsors so that it's stuff that you want to hear about. Please go to dailywire.com, fill out my audience survey, tell us a little bit more about yourself, and to sweeten that whole experience, those of you who complete the survey will be entered to win a $1,000 gift card. But you can only take the survey once per Daily Wire show. So if you want to increase your chances of winning 1000 bucks, go listen to Michael Knowles, Andrew Clavin, or Matt Walsh to get access to their surveys as well. Again, my survey link is dailywire.com slash Shapiro. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you have not checked out Candace's show yet, you've been missing out, especially considering tonight's live stream premiere is free, features a guest that needs no introduction, Donald Trump. They discuss everything from big tech censorship to what Trump's future holds. Believe me, it gets spicy. Candace is free for the duration of the live stream. They'll only be available to members after it ends. Catch it live tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, only on dailywire.com. If you haven't subscribed yet, this is your last week to get 25% off with code Candace before the promotion ends this Thursday, May 6th. Make sure you grab the audio podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever your platform of choice may be. Because Candace says things the media just won't. Just head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, subscribe to Candace today. Be sure to leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. You're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Hey, Joe Biden's approach to this whole masking situation is ridiculous and counterproductive. Here's a New York Times poll. Okay, there's a New York Times poll today asking, how likely would you be to get the vaccine when it was available to you if it meant you no longer had to wear a mask? Okay, Republicans, 53% say they would be likely to get the vaccine if it meant they no longer had to wear a mask. 35% said they'd be interested in the vaccine if they still had to wear a mask. That is an 18-point increase in support if you could take off your mask. And it's true for every subgroup in American life. White people are 15% more likely to get the vaccine if they can take off their mask. Black people are 14% more likely. Overall, 13% of Americans more likely to get the vaccine if they were told they could take off their mask. So Joe Biden is being not only an idiot, he is being an ascientific and anti-scientific moron. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. And, and yet we are supposed to listen to these utopian leftists on their prescriptions. So they're wrong on the cops. They are wrong on COVID. Dr. Marty Bakari, who's been a frequent guest on the program, he says correctly, the CDC has been late or wrong since the pandemic began. 
the CDC has been consistently late or wrong, and sometimes both, for most of the major issues that we face during the pandemic on warning us about the pandemic, on masks, on testing, on schools, on being outdoors consistently. And right now we've got a situation where it's the Wild West in terms of businesses trying to figure out when to bring employees back. J.P. Morgan and Salesforce have radically different plans Every company is left to sort of figuring this out on their own. And what you've got is large companies hiring expensive consultants and small businesses, which are most businesses in this country, are, can't afford these expensive consultants. And they're just trying to uh, figure it out on their own, reinventing the wheel. OK, they are reinventing the wheel. This whole thing is super stupid. And this is why people are leaving the blue states. They're leaving because blue states are governed like horse crap. They are governed terribly. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, I've been talking about my Helix Sleep mattress for four years. I got to admit, last night was a very rough night. We had to take the dog to the hospital. Dog is okay, but didn't get a lot of sleep. The sleep I did get is thanks to my Helix Sleep mattress made just for me. If you haven't already checked out the Helix Elite Collection, you need to. Helix harnesses years of mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress, because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. I love it. My wife loves it. They're big Helix fans here at the Shapiro house. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I'm not sure that has ever happened. Helix is now offering 25% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for my listeners. Head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code helixpartner25. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code helixpartner25 with Helix. Better sleep starts right now. You're going to see rising crime in blue areas, in blue states. You're going to see a, a continual cram down of top-down control in these areas, and people are not going to take it. So I have a question. If you look at the governance in these areas and you think to yourself, why would I trust Biden on the economy? You are thinking correctly. Joe Biden is about to inflate the currency. Okay, we are watching it happen in real time. You know, when all the experts tell you, when the experts, the same experts who said don't mask at the very beginning, and then they said you have to shut down the schools, and then they said you have to keep masking even if you're vaccinated, when that same cadre, the new ruling class, I talk about this group of people and how they are formed in my brand new book that is coming out in July, The Authoritarian Moment, and go check that out for pre-order right now. When this class of people tells you anything, your first move should be doubt. It doesn't mean they're wrong, but it should be doubt, particularly when it's overwhelming. When there's a 100% consensus, oh, you don't have to worry about inflation. You think to yourself, wait a second, we're going to try and blow $10 trillion into the American economy. After blowing $7 trillion into the American economy last year, minimum, above and beyond the budget, and you are, and your, your idea is that, that we somehow are not going to get inflation? You can guarantee that? And yet this is what is being promoted. Endless spending, endless spending. Right, Joe Biden, by the way, again, the man cannot speak sentient paragraphs at this point. So yesterday he just told the overt lie that if you make under $400,000, you won't pay a single dollar in taxes. Presumably he meant you won't pay a single additional dollar in taxes, which again is a lie. Corporate taxes hit people who make under $400,000 a year. Also, the White House says that if you're a couple making $400,000 a year, that means that you will be subject to the $400,000 penalty. So if you make 250 and your wife makes 150 or the, or the reverse, you will be paying the same tax rate as the guy who makes $400,000 a year. That's a pretty major change from his original promise. Sounds like two individuals who aren't making $400,000 paying higher taxes. In any case, here was Joe Biden just saying ridiculous things about taxes. The reason I'm bothering to do this is I keep hearing on the press, Biden's going to raise your taxes. Anybody making less than $400,000 a year will not pay a single penny in taxes. Oh, weird. Uh, also, he says that the American Families Plan, his new $2 trillion boondoggle directed at spending more money than God has ever seen, uh, that it won't add a penny to our deficit. And if you believe this, then Joe Biden has a bridge in Brooklyn that is available for sale. Here's what the American Families Plan doesn't do. It doesn't add a single penny to our deficit. It's paid for by making sure corporate America and the wealthiest 1% just pay their fair share. I come from the corporate capital of the world. More corporations are incorporated in the state of Delaware than all the rest of the nation combined. And I'm not anti-corporate, but it's about time they start paying their fair share. Okay, this is such a nonsensical line. Whenever people like Biden say things like, they need to pay their fair share. Let me explain, dude. The top 10% of income earners in the United States pay all net taxes in the United States, all 
Like all of them, 100% of net taxes in the United States are paid by the top 10% of income earners. And when you tax corporations, what do you think happens? You make them less competitive on the world stage. They bleed down the tax increases to consumers so prices rise. And they take more money out of the pockets of their own employees so that Joe Biden can spend it on whatever idiotic Depends products he feels like spending it on that day. It's absurd. Okay, and then Jill, the good news is that we have Dr. Jill to tell us how we should spend our money too. And honestly, one of the most annoying things in public life is when we pretend that the spouses of people we elect are actually elected officials. I don't understand why we do this. It makes no sense. Like, yes, my wife is a doctor. Also, don't come to me for medical advice. Go to my wife for medical advice. I didn't go to medical school. She went to medical school. I do politics. Don't go to my wife for her political prognostications. She doesn't know things about that. Why in the world do we treat the first lady? This is true in bipartisan fashion. I don't, we didn't elect Joe Biden. We didn't elect Hillary Clinton to be the co-president of the United States, as Bill Clinton once suggested. We, we, we did not elect Laura Bush. We did not elect Michelle Obama. It seems to really only apply with Democrats, where they actually try and make the first lady into a political figure of some sort of weight and impact. But it is, it is a point of high irritation to me that we pretend that the first lady should have any impact on American public life. She's along for the ride, and it would be... Douglas Emhoff is a dude. I care zero bleeps about what Doug Emhoff has to say. He is not an elected official. But here's Joe Biden, Jill Biden, who wrote an amazing dissertation, an incredible dissertation on junior college when she was at the University of Delaware. She worked hard for that doctorate for DDS in education at a university with a building named after her husband. I mean, that... No, no inside baseball there at all. It was probably the best dissertation anybody ever wrote, except for how it wasn't because it's publicly available. Anyway, here's Dr. Jill, the greatest doctor in all the land, explaining that in her opinion, we should just bust out the wallet and start spending for free community college for everybody because that's really what we need. What we need is credential inflation. We need to make sure that people who only graduate high school are disadvantaged as compared to people who go to community college and study a couple of years in English lit. Makes perfect sense. Here's Jill Biden saying silly things. Community college graduates provide more security for their families. They invest in their local schools and businesses, and they bring needed skills to our workforce, helping us to meet the challenges of the 21st century. That's why we need two years of free community college. Yeah! You need two free years of community two, and free chicken. And everybody needs two belly buttons and a horse. That's what we need. And all the money and blowing money into the economy, it won't have any impact at all. You know how we know it won't have any impact? Because the smartest people have told us it won't have any impact at all. I mean, in fact, they say inflation is not going to hurt us in any way. Also, New York Times today, widespread commodity shortages raise inflation fears. Oh, who could have predicted that blowing needless money into an economy that's already in a state of recovery would inflate the currency and inflate prices? Who could have predicted such a thing except for any person who understands how inflation works? According to the New York Times, in a normal year, Ron Whalen, vice president of Roger B. Kennedy Construction, receives one or two dear-valued customer letters from suppliers, notifying him of price increases for certain materials. This year, a stack of 30 such warnings sits on his desk in Orlando, Florida, alerting him that things as diverse as lumber, drywall, aluminum, and steel are going to cost 10 to 20% more. The notices are the result of commodity shortages that are rippling across the United States economy as growing demand for housing, cars, electronics, and other goods runs up against the supply chain congestion and high tariffs left behind by former President Donald J. Trump. So I I love that. The first two paragraphs, they're like, look at that. The prices are just skyrocketing for this sort of stuff. Trump. It's like he hasn't been president for a while here, guys. Like he hasn't been here since January. And I'm noticing that it says this year, a stack of 30 such, this year is 2021. Donald Trump was president of the United States for a grand total of 20 days in 2021. Now, I'm no fan of tariffs, but the chief driver right now of inflation ain't the tariffs. The chief driver right, because it would have been the driver of inflation a year ago or two years ago. The, the chief driver of inflation right now is the fact that you are blowing into the economy money you do not need to spend and has not been created yet. The shortages and the price increases they are eliciting are being watched closely by the Biden administration, which is under increasing pressure from industry groups and businesses to take steps to ease them. Automakers want the White House to help them get the semiconductors they need to make cars, while the housing industry is asking for tariff relief. Pressure to intervene could intensify as the administration pushes for a multi-trillion dollar infrastructure investment package that includes money for building roads, bridges, and electric vehicle charging stations, all of which could become increasingly expensive if prices keep rising. Why they haven't waited for things to settle down and get back to normal? 
We keep waiting for things to settle back, settle down and get back to normal, but they haven't, said Mr. Whalen. He's considered using other material, such as metal stud systems rather than wood framing for some construction projects because the price of lumber has almost tripled in the last year. Economists and policymakers are carefully tracking the shortages as they hunt for signs of inflation. And companies are increasingly worried that the price spikes may not be temporary. Oh, you think? Oh, for now, the Fed is not overly concerned about the price increases, viewing them as temporary and not the type of inflation that could spiral out of control. Well, I mean, if the Fed is good for one thing, it's making amazing predictions about the economy. They did an amazing job in the lead up to the Great Recession. And they did an unbelievable job in the lead up to the dot-com. And they did an incredible job in the lead up to the pandemic. Yeah, the, the experts, trust them. Trust them on COVID where they have been wrong throughout. Trust them when it comes to race, where they are not just wrong but evil. Trust them when it comes to blowing money into the economy we don't have. Because what could be the downside? What could be the downside? And the answer, of course, is that the downside is precisely the reverse of what they are promising. Less prosperity, less earning, less lifestyle, less equality, less equity. By the way, less fairness. We'll be back here later today with an additional hour of the Ben Shapiro Show. Go check out the Matt Walsh Show. He'll be talking more about the video of the California woman and the Latino cop. Watch at 1.30 p.m. Eastern over at dailywire.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is the Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. A woman claims that an L.A. County Sheriff's deputy harassed her during a traffic stop, but the body camera footage shows a completely different story. Rick Santorum sparks outrage for claiming that Europeans built our civilization. Caitlyn Jenner comes out against men playing in women's sports, and the Disney classic Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is finally being called out for its promotion of rape culture. It's about time. All of that and more today on The Matt Walsh Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 